Welcome to the Prep Huddle Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Jeff Johnson for uh, our preview of this week's semifinal action that began Wednesday um, afternoon with uh, eight player games. Uh, 11 man football or 11 player football begins on Thursday um, and extends into uh, Saturday evening. Um, with uh, birth in the finals on the line, uh, JJ, we're dome bound now, <laughs> which is uh, apparently a good thing looking at the forecast, Pilch. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, good timing, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is awesome, you know. Uh, as we're recording this, I think the eight player, uh, eight player semifinals are underway, so. Uh, this is great. It's my favorite. I love the semifinals. I don't know about you. I, I love them even really, uh, maybe a little bit more than championship games, just because there's what multiple, so many multiple days of this going on and, um, you know, still four teams in each class. So let's go right. LFG as the kids say. Yeah. Um, just to, uh, touch base, uh, on some of the, quarterfinal results that stood out in our area. Um, I was at uh, uh, Saints Field where Xavier had Indianola in a quarterfinal match. And I tell you, this was a, this was a pretty uh, competitive um, contest. This is one that uh, Xavier kind of broke open uh, in the second half a little bit, but um, this was a tight ball game all the way through to uh, uh, to the beginning of the, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, conditions were not great. Obviously, last Friday it was rainy and cold. Indianola's uh, uh, pass offense probably hindered a little bit by uh, by the conditions more so than um, Xavier, but. You know, Xavier was able to to do just enough. Um, came away with, a, a, if I remember right, 23-6 victory. Um, got out to a 10-0, a big run by Michael Cunningham on Xavier's first uh, uh, possession. Put them up, then uh, they... Uh, Added a Kale Christensen field goal after a bad punt snap. Uh, gave them the ball deep in Indianola territory for 10-0 uh, lead. And it stayed that way until the last seconds of the um, of the first half where uh, Indianola was able to, uh, to score. So... Um, you know that was uh, that was big, but uh, Xavier um, had two key uh, interceptions that led to points. Uh, Aiden McDermott had Aiden uh, McDermott picked off uh, kind of an underthrown ball uh, by uh, I think it was Bennett Brook um, returned it uh, deep into Indianola territory. Xavier turned that into a touchdown. Uh, I believe it was Grant Helmley um, that scored there. Um, and then uh, Maverick Berger with a really uh, 
a big interception. Um, I think the following series, Kale Christensen in really bad conditions had three field goals for the Saints. Um, and uh, Michael Cunningham, a big 173-yard uh, game for Xavier. And, of course, you guys can see a feature leading into the Saints semifinal um, against North Scott, a rematch of a regular season uh, uh, matchup. Um, on the gazette.com that JJ wrote uh, just uh, here recently. So uh, make sure to check that out. And speaking of uh, JJ, you were at uh, the Little Rose Bowl um, <laughs> for uh, West Branch and MFL Marmac. That was a close game. Yeah, that was uh, that was something, Pilch. It was, um, uh, you know, it looked like MFL had that thing won. Um you know, West Branch scored on the very first drive, and and went ahead six nothing, and and then it just seemed like MFL kind of took over there for a while, and um, you know, Andy Henson, West Branch's best player, top running back, uh, was injured, didn't play his second half, and you know, MFL got up, I think twenty three fourteen, um, in the fourth quarter, and you know, the momentum and everything, it just it just kind of looked like that was it, um. But, uh, you know, give West Branch a lot of credit, um, you know, especially on those uh, – on that, you know, grass field that was uh, becoming more and more of a mud pit the the deeper into the game you got, obviously. And it, so passing was almost impossible. And, um, you know, West Branch, uh, with the top running back out, you know, the, the number two kid came in and did a nice job. And uh, Ty Hughes did a really nice job of running kind of the read option and that kind of worked. And before you knew it, you know, momentum had completely changed and, you know, West Branch scored uh, a couple of touchdowns and a, and a safety there and uh, in like a three, four minute span um, late in the game and uh, took the lead. And then, you know, a couple of, of slippery balls, <laughs> you know, kind of eluded uh, the MFL quarterback there and, and on the final drive and, before you knew it, you know, West Branch had pulled that sucker out. So, uh, you know, great story, as, as everybody knows, with, with Coach Butch Peterson battling cancer. Pretty cool that, that him uh, and his son, Lance, uh, you know, uh, head coach out at Mount Vernon are, uh, uh, you know, are both going, uh, both going to the semifinals. Pretty uh, – it's, it's like it should be a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty special uh, – um accomplishment there for for both of them and of course uh you mentioned lance peterson the head coach at mount vernon they had a rematch with solon in that uh that rivalry uh the mustang snapped i believe it was a 19 game losing streak to the spartans earlier this season week two or week three um won 17 14 at solon that week Postseason quarterfinal at Mount Vernon this time around. Mustangs put up 17 again, but this time a 17-0 shutout uh, for the Mustangs. So uh, they remain undefeated going to the Dome. That's, uh, you know, something that, uh, boy, I, you probably could have uh, won a lot of cheeseburgers from me at the beginning of the year if we put uh, – being a wager on Mount Vernon being undefeated and a semifinalist. Yeah, great story, great job. Um, you know, by everybody 
out there and um you know let's uh let's see how uh how the mustangs do here in the semifinals. i mean it's just it, it, uh humble you know i think that's probably a 50 50 game don't you think pilch you know i think either either team could probably win that and um but yeah i mean it uh it's just great uh, representing lynn county um you know let's uh let's see how that thing goes uh nice and late saturday night right yeah yeah and you know the the interesting thing is you know they've been doing a lot with the uh with the pass game right yeah. joey Rambergs yeah. put up uh huge numbers for for mount vernon um you know he he's spread the ball around where it's it's not uncommon for him to hit six to eight uh, different receivers in a game. And when conditions were bad, you know, uh, their two touchdowns came on the ground. I mean, he still threw for 142 yards, but, you know, uh, he had, uh, I think, a four-yard run. Jackson Hurd had uh, the other TD run. Um, you know, they forced four uh, – Four turnovers. Their defense probably gets overlooked a little bit because of what their offense does. But, um, you know, it should be a good matchup. But the, I think what this whole thing is going to teeter on uh, maybe uh, Saturday night when they play um, might come down to how that passing attack is handled by Humboldt's defense. I think that's the matchup that's going to be key in the semifinals at Humboldt defense against the, uh, the Mount Vernon offense. Yeah. And, and give kudos to, to Humboldt as well, because uh, I mean, they're back in this situation and, and they had a quarterback last year that was uh, I, I'm not going to say he was their entire offense, but <laughs> uh, pretty much when it came to both rushing and passing, uh, you know, and he, and he graduated and, and, you know, here the, here the Wildcats are right back uh you know, in a, in a situation here where they're playing for, uh, you know, for to go to the state championship, and you know, you look at the at the game against Independence that Humboldt had in the in the uh, quarterfinals, thirty four twenty six high scoring affair. To go back to your point, Pilch uh, uh, Mitchell Johnson from Independence threw for two hundred sixty two yards. So um, you'd have to think that, uh, and, and Indy had you know, kind of doing the math here, oh, well over 400 yards of, of total offense. So uh, you'd have to think that Mount Vernon might feel fairly confident that they'll be able to, you know, to kind of let Romberg, as you said, get get loose there and, and throw the football around a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, uh, Independence have been one of the, the hottest teams. You know, they had won like 10 straight games um, as well. We get, you know, Mitchell Johnson has been one of the top offensive performers around, uh, put up good numbers. But before that, you know, the Wildcats had only been giving up you know, six points a game. Um, North Polk might have been one of the only ones to put up double digits against them earlier. So Independence did that against a really good defense. Of course, um, you know, Mitchell Johnson's had a fantastic year. Um, but like you said, it kind of shows that, uh, Hey, it can be done. And with the, uh, the, the past game that Mount Vernon has shown, um, 
you know, that's got to be something that probably makes them feel, uh, you know, confident that they can, you know, that they can execute that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so Waco, uh, Waco 3 nothing. just a quick first quarter update. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and they have the ball about uh, midfield uh, now, too, in their uh, powdered blues. Um, Waco uh, gave up a touchdown just two plays into their quarterfinal against Montezuma and kind of wondered if they'd even be uh, heading back to the Dome. Uh, and that sure changed quickly last week. And in that quarterfinal last Thursday, didn't it, where they just uh, put the hammer down after that, and it was all Warriors after that opening uh, touchdown Absolutely. by the Absolutely. By the Great season by Montezuma as well. Um, you know, so kudos to the, the Braves for what they were able to do. Um, let's just uh, – uh, any other any other quarterfinals that kind of stuck out to you? Um, you know, for me, I, I guess uh, not, maybe not necessarily that Carlisle won, but the way they did it, winning 56-28 at Liberty – um, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, you know, uh, North Scott with a big, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a huge upset because North Scott's one of those teams year in and year out. Um, you know, that that's always going to be a, a contender, but they, uh, they beat Waverly Shell Rock 20 to 10 to set up that rematch with Xavier. Um, Williamsburg took care of business, but anything else really kind of stand out to you um, from the quarterfinals? Yeah, you you talked about Carlisle, um, just a relentless rushing attack. Liberty could not stop, could not stop it. And, you know, I think that goes back to that whole area, right, with, uh, you know, uh, Indianola was part of it. it, it was just so strong in, in that one condensed area where teams were numerous teams that were, that were really good. So uh, you're right though. The spread in the, in the Liberty game was, was definitely very surprising. And, you know, the rest, I don't know. It kind of went chalk, you know, like you mentioned North Scott, that was a game that, um, you know, I think turned in the, in the fourth quarter on a fumble. Uh, Waverly was going in for a touchdown, had like a 10 seven lead, I think. Um, North Scott recovered and that kind of flipped the momentum there and North Scott scored, uh, you know, I think two touchdowns uh, or something like that, um, down the stretch there in the fourth quarter to win, um, you know, North Lynn hung with, with West, West, West Hancock for a half before, you know, West Hancock kind of took over that football game and, uh, you know, Prairie, uh, Southeast Polk. You know, I think it was exactly the same score as the Rick season was, 41 to nothing. So yeah. kind of enough said there. And, um, you know, Grundy Center kind of really stopped um, East Buchanan's ground game uh, in their Class A quarterfinal and, and won 20 to 6. And, you know, we wondered uh, if anybody could stop East Buchanan's ground game, you know, with 500 whatever yards it was uh, in the in the previous round. But. I think the Bucks were held to a hundred and something uh, on the ground in, in that game against Grundy. And, you know, uh, that, that kind of told the, 
told the tale there. And you know, how about Dubuque Waller at Pilchie, right? You know, yeah. getting, to, getting to the semifinals at uh, in two A, which is uh, you know, the the Golden Eagles have uh, not had a real strong tradition. I would I would say in football not for a while, not not for a few de- a couple decades, a few yeah. decades. You know, I remember. You know, when they were still a bigger school and in the eighties and early nineties where they you know, they were they were a really strong, you know, option team. But uh they haven't had that uh uh that kind of prowess uh in many a year, I would say. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, um and it's weird to say that they're in two way. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you remember them being in the valley all those years, right? And, right. and playing, playing those those schools. But yeah, good for good for Waller. Um, just kind of looking at the box score here, ran for almost three hundred yards in in a, a very convincing win over Crestwood. So yeah, you know that uh, Ryan Brocious, uh, uh heck of an athlete for yep. for Waller. Uh, the track and a baseball standout as well. Um, if I'm thinking of the right Brocius, uh, I don't. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we've had a couple, um, but uh, you know he he's the heck of an athlete, and you know, I'm gonna be honest, you know we uh, we got an email from a coworker who was putting together pairings and kind of looking at our rankings and and how we did as far as having one, two, three, four in a couple classes. Um, you know, in the semifinals, and Wallert was kind of one of the the outliers, and we didn't have them ranked. But you know, after they got really uh, kind of lambasted, but by, by uh, Wakon, you know, yeah. they got twenty eight six to Wakon, and you know, their only other loss is to Xavier. Um, you know, it was the only team to score there before Xavier went on their string of shutouts. Um, that that loss to Wakan appears to be a little bit of an anomaly because uh, they bounced back, put up 63 against Owine, 71 against Jessup, 62 against West Liberty, uh, beat number four uh, West Marshall 21-14 uh, before beating Crestwood 41-6. Uh, Crestwood, who had beaten uh, Wakan um, 28-18 the week before in North Fayette Valley and you know, um, this might be a this might be a little bit more of a challenge for Williamsburg than uh, some might might think. Yeah, and I, I you look also at uh, you know beat Assumption and you know I know Assumption was what five and four four and five whatever it was, but mm-hmm. uh, a good football team that just played a brutally hard schedule and uh, you know a win to start the season convincingly thirty one to fourteen over West Delaware, uh, which is pretty impressive. So. Right. Yeah, you know, um, like you said, beat North Fed Valley uh, bad, um, and North Fed Valley was a, a decent team that made the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Don't don't I, I I'm sure Williamsburg's not overlooking, uh, you know, the Golden Eagles here. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Williamsburg's been in that spotlight in that situation, um, obviously uh, here a lot in the last few years and this will just kind of be a first for Wallert. So we'll see how the, all the golden Eagles fare under the the spotlight of the uni dome, I guess. Sure. 
Um, and then one other thing, a couple other things to mention, and just in five A, um, you know, Johnston barely survives uh, Iowa City High in overtime the uh, the week before, right? Uh, the Dragons kind of held off the Little Hawks uh, um, there. And so what do they do as an encore? They knock off Ankeny, um, 23-13, you know, which I I think surprised a lot of people. And then how about West Des Moines Valley? So, you know, we've talked many a time about, uh, you know, Central Iowa and suburban Des Moines schools, um, just how much those top teams are – are just on a tier of their own. Uh, Valley adds to that by coming over and beating Pleasant Valley and beating Cedar Falls both on the road in consecutive weeks to reach the the Unidome. Um, the Tigers uh, beat Cedar Falls 27-13 in the uh, Brian Webb Bowl. That's right. Webby going back to the semifinals, former Cedar Rapids uh Jefferson head coach. So, uh, yeah, former, former Cedar Falls. Uh, yeah, that's right. Prep might have started his coaching career there uh, as an assistant for, was it Pat Mitchell? Yep. Um, there and, you know, was an assistant at Valley at one time, was in Sioux City, and now back at Valley uh, coaching again. So, that yeah. was the, the thing after doing a little research. Uh, you know, Pilchy was, uh, this will be the first time since the uh, Iowa High School Athletic Association sponsored playoffs, which was in 1972, was the first year. This will be the first time ever that uh, Eastern Iowa will not re- be represented in, in the largest class semifinals. Um, and it just, you know, it just so happened, uh, you know, the way the RPI shook out that, that, that this was a possibility. Um, you know, I've heard some some people kind of complain a little bit because they had to make an adjustment um, as far as I think RPI-wise Valley and um, Sioux City East were were flipped in order uh, to not have Sioux City East play Pleasant Valley, which, it, you know, RPI, that's the way it shook out. But, of course, I mean, you're not going to make somebody travel all the way across the state to, to play a game, at least the association's not. And, you know, I heard somebody say, well, that was, that was ridiculous. Here you go. Look, look what you get because of that. But um, yeah, but okay. It's not like they're sending nine and one Southeast Polk this way. Right. Uh, West Des Moines Valley was just barely, I didn't, I didn't even have them in our top 10. Yeah. Uh, they were just clinging onto the top ten at five and four. I understand their, I understand the point, but you know, um, my gosh, I was a five and four team coming over here, and you know, yeah, they caught her, but still, um, you know, it's not like they're sending over and not, you know, even even Johnston was six and three. They didn't even send them over this way. Um, in the, in the same pot, they obviously played city high, but you know what I mean. It's not like they're sending over another strong team right. to knock off Eastern Iowa teams. <laughs> it was a team that was five right. and four, and 
no, only a couple spots away from it wasn't that big of a jump yeah. from Sioux City, you know what I mean? So I understand their point, but I think uh that comes out. I agree. I hundred percent agree. And it just you know, this just kinda we've we've said it uh kind of all season. It's it's suburban Des Moines world when it comes to football at the biggest class and everybody else just is kind of living in it right now. And, uh, well, well, you know, and this is something that has been coming up, you know, I, I remember, um, I think maybe Lindy, you or Lindy, uh, had had conversations with, uh, you know, like Dan Sabres, um, before, before we even got to the five, a, uh, situation, I think, um, or, or maybe it was in the midst of just a few years into 5A where, you know, Dan talked about this, this in, imbalance yeah, yeah. of competitive programs. And a lot of it at the time was more, uh, Dowling yep. Valley. Um, I think, Ankeny. uh, Ankeny, uh, maybe Waukee at the time, yeah. maybe Waukee was starting to. Or no, maybe it was Ankeny uh, right before they split, you know, and even, you know, Bettendorf at the time, um, you know, those programs that just seem to have uh, just kind of had this extra effort. So it's something that's been um, around for a long, long time that the, the haves and have nots, and you know, it's not new. No. Nope. Uh, but it's just getting progressively worse, bigger. Yeah, know. absolutely. I agree. And it's to me, it's not necessarily just football. I think you're starting to see it in, in some of the other sports too, basketball and baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, geez, baseball at the biggest school level. It's, it seems like it's – although who won it? Who won 4A this past year, Bill Oh, uh, now I have to – yeah, I can't even think, and I was there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it just seemed for years, I mean, you had Urbandale and, you know, Valley and Dowling, and it just, I think there was quite a streak there of, of uh, you know, suburban Des Moines schools at one state championships. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, something I think for the powers to be to, to kind of look at, you know, do you want to, um, do you want to use maybe some sort of uh, free and reduced lunch percentage thing when you try and figure out classes? Do you want to have success ratios? I mean, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's just not like you, you know, there's no perfect system. None. Uh, Johnston beat Dowling in the, uh, in the finals. There we go. In all, all suburban Des Moines. So there you go. Yeah. And uh, then you had Western Dubuque in 3A, Van Meter uh, in 2A, and New London beat Remsen St. Mary's in the the 1A championship. Kind of interesting. You've got Johnson and Dowling going to the Dome. Uh, you've got Van Meter um, at the Dome, and you got Remsen St. Mary's that will be playing later here. Um, yeah. So, Repeat. You know, um, those schools having success in in other sports too, like you mentioned, it, it extends into a lot of things. So let's get into the semifinal matchups. 
Uh, eight players starts. This is being recorded on Wednesday, November 9th. Uh, they're in the uh, second quarter right now. Uh, Waco still leads. Nofonda 3-0. Uh, Waco 12-0. Nofonda 10-1. And then uh, the later game, we mentioned top-ranked Bremson St. Mary's 11-0. Lennox, uh, their opponent at 11-0 as well. Um, then on Thursday, uh, you're looking at Class A kicking things off at 10 a.m. with number four, Linville Sully, uh, 11-0 against Britwest Hancock. We mentioned uh, got by North Lynn in the quarters. Um, West Hancock's 11-0. Uh, the 1 o'clock game, Woodbury Central. 11-0 versus Grundy Center. 11-0, we mentioned Grundy Center beat uh, East Buck. And then uh, then the 4A matchups where we have Carlisle, 10-1 versus Lewis Central, 11-0. That's, uh, um, that's the 4 o'clock game. And then you've got the 4A rematch, number 6, North Scott. At nine and two versus uh, number one Cedar Rapids Xavier at eleven and zero, uh, I believe uh, the Saints won the regular season matchup seventeen nothing. Yep. Um, had to pull away, and you know, I think maybe a couple scores in the uh, second half. Maybe it was like three nothing or ten nothing at half. Um, but uh, I don't know. North Scott maybe seems a little bit different since. Uh, you know, letting one slip away at Liberty. Do you think uh, the Lancers can can kind of avenge that loss and get to the finals? Yeah, I think it. it in my opinion, it it'd definitely be a, a a competitive game. Um, won't be decided until you know fourth quarter. Again, in my opinion, mm -hmm. it was it was funny. Pilch just. You know, kind of talking to to Xavier coach Dwayne Schulte a little bit yesterday when I was out there before practice, and I was like, "Does it make any difference at all that you guys played in the regular season?" And he was like, "I don't know. That's a that's a great question. I mean, they know what we're gonna do. Oh, he knows. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> they know he knows. what we're gonna do. We know what they're gonna do. Do we change what we do? Do they think that we're gonna change what we do? Do we think they're gonna change what they do?" And he was, you know, he was just going back and forth. So. I you know I don't know I I I would expect Xavier to win I I pick I'll pick Xavier um to win but but again I think this could be a a pretty good defensive matchup quite honestly yeah and, and I think it's gonna boil down to mistakes right yeah. yeah um I know that that's an easy out on a lot of things but um. I th I think that's where somebody like Michael Cunningham comes in big, and that you know um, somebody that's reliable that you can give the ball to, that you can kind of establish things with the, with that offensive line. If you can do that and take some pressure off uh, Ronan Thomas, you know uh, Ronan Thomas uh, stepping in for Alex Neal, who was fantastic for the Saints last year, right? Yep. But kind of a new guy stepping in, um, you know, I think in a situation like this, even though Xavier's been there a lot, you know, it's going to be kind of key for uh, 
for them to establish the run. And then that way, you know, Thomas can just manage the game more than have to make plays because, you know, that's when mistakes happen, right? When you try to do too much. And then in this game, that might be, uh, you know, that might be the difference. But I I was trying to remember, North Scott and Xavier met two years ago? In the semifinals, is that right? Well, was it that's the one where uh, maybe they lost in overtime. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah, it was a real tight game. It might have been overtime. Now that you mention it, yeah, um, yeah, it was the pandemic. It was a pandemic year. Yep, a hundred percent. And I think North Scott went on to win that thing two years ago too. So I mean, this yeah. these these are like I like Dwayne said, these are very familiar foes that know all about each other and they played a lot and they played before in big games. So uh, nothing new. It'll just add to that, add to that, I guess, Thursday night. Right. Right. And uh, like we mentioned, North Scott's coming off at 2010 uh, victory over Waverly Shell Rock. It'll be, a, I think this will be a good test, but yeah. Um, you know, I think it's all going to come down to whether or not Xavier can run the ball. If they can, if they can run the ball, I like their chances. Um, if they're having, if they're, if they struggle, if North Scott finds a way, just uh, you know, this just kind of limit that uh, that rush attack. Uh, this could be a game that uh, goes down to the wire, and North Scott could pull it out. Uh, is there any? Is there anything stopping uh, Lewis Central from facing the winner of these two? I know Carlisle's coming off a big win, but, you know, are we looking uh, – are we kind of banking on Lewis Central being in the finals and uh, possibly another lights-out rematch? Yeah. Xavier or Scott? Yeah, I, it kind of looks like it, doesn't it, you know, KJ? I mean, I, it seems like Lewis Central is uh, – is really kind of turning on here down the stretch when you look at, you know, pounding, pounding Glenwood last week, uh, which actually I think was this, the second time that the Titans have done that. And uh, just looks like, you know, this, this is uh, a team that um, is really playing its best football right now. And, uh, you know, it hasn't really had a close game um, since, what I want to say September, uh, if I remember correctly, um, maybe even against, uh, you know, obviously the Har- – I think it was Harlan in the first game, 30-27. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Car- Carlisle there in week two, though, was 28-21. So, um, you know, we'll see uh, if Carlisle can run the football like Carlisle did against Liberty. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, anything can happen. So, you know, we'll uh, – We'll see. I I kind of like Lewis Central there, no question about that. But um, yeah, don't uh, you know Carlisle? I would imagine would be able to to keep this pretty close, at least for a while. Uh, so on Friday, uh, Class One A starts things off in the morning. Uh, number four West Branch, eleven and zero. You know they got by MFL Marmac in the quarters. Uh, they faced number one Van Meter, 10-1. and one. Their only loss came to uh, Williamsburg in the regular season, uh, Williamsburg in 2A. 
Um, and then the one o'clock game is Underwood eleven and zero versus West Sioux, uh, ten and one. Um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, and Andy Henson uh, kind of missing the second half or or part of the game in the quarterfinals. Um, you know, what are West Branch's chances uh, against Van Meter, and then what are they if they're not uh, necessarily? Uh, I think it's a tall task to say the least, <laughs> and. That's even if Andy Henson plays. Uh, I just think this Van Meter team is is well, and Van Meter is what it is, right? It's it's one of the top small school programs around, and um, a team that doesn't give up many points. I mean, you look at the last <coughs> games, you know, four shutouts, uh, gave up seven points to to Pleasant or uh, yeah, the Interstate thirty five, I guess it was in in one game. So very stingy defense. Uh, you know, Van, to me, West Branch has got to play a perfect game and and maybe get uh, maybe get you know a couple of breaks, a couple three breaks along the way to to even give itself a, a chance. I just think Van Meter's uh, Van Meter's that good. Yeah, uh, Williamsburg snap. What was it? A sixty three game or yeah, sixty one game streak, yep. win streak uh, earlier, and uh, Van Meter's just been. Uh, dominant ever since um you know talk about good losses um you know uh i know coaches can shy away from uh believing that but sometimes you get a loss like that um might kind of refocus them a little bit and boy they've they've only given up uh 4.6 points per game um outscoring opponents by 41 points uh, a contest uh, this whole season, which includes that loss to uh, Williamsburg. So that's going to be a tough one uh, for sure. But, you know, West Branch has been uh, pretty darn good too. Um, you know, they've scored over 45 points a game. Their defense isn't too shabby either, uh, holding uh, teams under 10 points a game. And, um, you know, it has the makings of a good matchup, but uh, you know, West Branch is going to have to uh, really uh, put together one of its top uh, uh, performances to come away with a victory and, and get to next week's championship game. Uh, 5A, uh, you mentioned uh, no Eastern Iowa flavor in uh, the 5A semifinals Friday uh, afternoon and evening. Starts with, uh, you know, that rivalry, uh, West Des Moines rivalry, uh, West Des Moines Valley and West Des Moines Dowling, 7-4 Tigers versus a 10-1 Maroons at 4 o'clock. And then uh, at 7 o'clock, you've got number 6 Johnston um, against number 2 Southeast Polk, 8-3, uh, and 10-1. And um, JJ, do you, who, do you, uh, who do you like coming out of those two games? Uh, I got Dowling and Southeast Polk. I've been – I ranked them down the stretch, I think, one, two, and I can't even remember who I ranked one and who was two. I think it was Dowling might have been one. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, they're on a collision course for uh, for the championship game here, and uh, I'd be very surprised, quite honestly, if, if uh, either one of these games is – Terribly close, to be quite honest with you. And that is, I'm not trying to slight Valley or Johnston, but, I mean, Valley's 7-4 and four and Johnston's 8-3. and three, So, uh, you know, congrats to get to this point, but it's a real tall tale. 
in my opinion, again, uh, you know, for both of those clubs going into going into the semifinals Friday and, and Friday night. Sure. Uh, just a little update. Uh, Waco is now 11-0 on 11. Uh, Noel Fonda. So the Warriors looking to get to the championship game, and they're off to a good start here still in the first half. Uh, Saturday, uh, semifinals in 2A or in the morning. Uh, you've got Dubuque, Wallert, and Williamsburg. Uh, Wallert 9-2, Williamsburg 11-0, and been uh, as impressive and dominant as anybody in the entire state, regardless of class. Uh, they kick off at 10 o'clock, and then at 1 o'clock, you've got OABCIG 10-1 and Central Lion 11-0. Uh, uh, there at one o'clock. I tell you what, um, you know, I think you look at the results that Williamsburg has had, and you think, you know, hey, uh, you know, pencil them in the finals. Wallard's going to be a tough. I think Wallard's going to be a tough out. Um, and I say that as being one of the, one of the people that uh, kind of wrote them off after that loss to Wakan, um, but. Appears to be a kind of a blip uh, after two good postseason wins, especially that one against uh, West Marshall, twenty-one fourteen. But um, the Raiders, uh, you know, definitely have had one of their best uh, seasons, you know. And uh, was it the third, third, uh, third time in four years uh, they're making the trip up uh, to the Unidome, up three eighty. They know the route well. About time they win one, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. uh, looking for that first, you know, that first title for Kurt Ritchie. So uh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice for them to to get that. Yeah, you know, and uh, obviously you look at uh, some of the individuals on that Williamsburg team, Carson Hudipole, uh We did something a couple weeks back on him. Uh, you know, he missed. Uh, uh, last season with a knee injury, uh, tore, uh, you know, tore his ACL the year before as a sophomore in the, uh, I believe up in the unit or no, I was in the quarterfinals. Uh, I think the game they lost the, you know, on the last play to, uh, West Liberty, um, you know, um, he was shooting around, I believe he was shooting around playing hoops with his dad in the spring after he had surgery and kind of felt something go wonky with it uh, a little bit later running routes with his dad playing catch another weekend and realized the swelling wasn't going away had to go in and get another surgery another found out he tore his ligament again so he had two surgeries and had to miss the entire season last year which included a trip to the dome uh, he's back. The first uh, first game, he went from running back uh, to the quarterback position, and it's uh, really really powered this uh, Williamsburg offense. Derek Weisskopf is, uh, you know, a good receiver, but on the defensive side, I think he's got like six interceptions on a really fast, aggressive, uh, tough defense that you've kind of gotten equipped uh, or kind of gotten used to seeing Williamsburg put out there. So, um, you know, like their chances, but I think it'll be a, it'll be a good, uh, could be a competitive game there with uh, 
Waller Saturday morning. Uh, and then Saturday night to cap things off, it's 3A. You've got uh, ADM at 10 and 1 versus Harlan 10 and 1. Um, and then uh, Humboldt 10 and 1 against uh, Mount Vernon Mustangs at 11 and 0. Of course, we kind of mentioned that 10 and 1 with Harlan. Um, that one loss was to Lewis Central the very first uh, week of the season where it went down to the very, very end. So two of the top teams in the in their respective classes, and that's where Harlan's only upset uh, or setback has come from. But, uh, um, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Humboldt, Mount Vernon, um, you know, but are they going to be uh, pretty much battling it out for a chance to, to see the – Little cyclones in the in the finals. Yeah, um, Harlan beat ADM um, in the regular season. I think it was 40, 42 to seven. I want to say. Um, so I mean, overwhelming favorite. Uh, to me, it's Harlan's class to to lose. Quite frankly, and that's mm -hmm. you know, again, not taking anything away from from any of the other three teams that are in the in the uh, the semifinals here, but. Uh, you know, I think Harlan is, is clearly the the top dog right now. And, and uh, you know, it, I think, it, again, it would take a gargantuan effort by somebody to to uh, to knock them off, quite, quite honestly. And who knows, maybe somebody will pull one of those up. So, sure. Yeah, anything can happen. And uh, what's happening right now, Newell Fonda just uh, scored a touchdown to pull within 11-7 with 542 to go in the second quarter. So. How about that? Some breakdowns and even some live updates. That's right. So Waco's got a field goal and then went for two points after the touchdown. Yep, completed a conversion wow. pass. Wow. There And let's, you know, if we're going to talk about, like, all-around players, how about Simeon Reichenbach for uh, Waco? Waco? Yeah. Uh, he runs the ball. He can – he's throwing passes. Uh, he's a heck of a defensive player. Uh, I think he drives the team. I think he drove the team bus <laughs> up to Cedar Falls. Did uh, washed all the jerseys after the quarterfinal game against uh, Montezuma. Um, and I think he's uh, also cooking the team meal for the uh, after after season award ceremony. So. If he wants to come up here and finish my uh, raking out my leaves after the after. <laughs> this afternoon he can feel free so but he, he he seems to be one of those guys that does a little bit of everything for uh yeah yep. team so um it'll be interesting so jj you've got the uh you've got the west branch game yep friday um, morning and you're friday. the rest yep you bet so i'll make a day of it up there on uh saturday with the williamsburg wallert game at 10 a.m on saturday um, and then Mount Vernon, Humboldt, Saturday night. Um, I have Xavier and uh, North Scott's rematch uh, Thursday evening. And then, uh, like we mentioned, uh, uh, you can look and see the, the Xavier preview that JJ put together on Michael Cunningham, a little feature uh, there on Xavier's senior running back and linebacker. And then um, I uh, – 
I'm planning on a, a Mount Vernon feature on a senior um, uh, Clayton uh, Flock. Um, interestingly, uh, I don't believe he played football and uh, as an eighth grader. Um, really uh, kind of just put in the work and time and uh, – he stepped in as a starting center this year and starting middle linebacker and or inside linebacker and uh, is fourth on the team in tackles and has really become a you know one of those uh, uh, key components of uh, of what Mount Vernon does offensively and defensively. So just to show you, you don't have to be that uh, junior high, you know, but yep, <laughs> junior high stud or or even, you know, just put in the work and you'll get your chance, uh, you know, and uh, it, it pays off one way or another. So look forward to that. Uh, I'll have uh, – my plan is to talk to West Branch quarterback Ty Hughes sometime tonight and write something on him. He uh, he was starting QB at Liberty last year as, uh, as a sophomore and made the move over to, to West Branch where his grandfather is uh, in a, one of the assistant coaches for the Bears. So – Looking forward to talking to Ty and, and telling you maybe a little bit about him uh, leading into their game on Friday morning. So and a heck of a season he's had there for the Bears yep. as well. Uh, so make sure to check out all of our coverage previews. Jeff Linder has capsules of our area teams um, and their games already at thegazette.com, but make sure to catch all our game coverage, all our previews, um, and as we mentioned, uh, uh, Linder's uh, capsules um, at the gazette.com. You can follow J, uh, JJ at JEJE66 on Twitter, and I'm at uh, KJ Pilcher as well for live uh, in game updates. And uh, any parting words? Any last uh, words of wisdom? I have rarely ever had words of wisdom, so I'm going to let you. you... <laughs> Do what you always do to take us out. Thanks, folks. Thank you, KJ. And for Jeff Johnson, for Nathan Ford, for Hercules at my side, uh, enjoy football this weekend at the Unidome. And remember, keep your head on a swivel.